Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Amen. We're going to go to the Word of the Lord today, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. While you're finding it uh, in your Bibles or they're getting ready to prepare it on the screen, I have a question to ask. Has anybody ever felt pressure? This is an IQ test, amen, (laughs) right? Has anybody ever felt pressure, overload, stress, burdened? tired. Have you felt that way? Maybe you feel that way right now. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. I just want to tell you, you picked a good Sunday to come to church. We're going to look at finding rest from the pressure today that we all so often feel. Our text is coming from Matthew 11, and in just three verses, Jesus gives us the most important things you need to know about stress management. Are you ready? Matthew 11 verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, And the burden I give you is light. My sermon today is this. Rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. Now, these verses from Matthew are filled with so much. But I want you to focus on three things in particular. Depending upon what Bible you're using, I want you to notice in verse 28 it says, Come to Jesus. Verse 29 says, Take his yoke. And then verse 29 also says, learn from him. And if you and I could do those things, come, take, and learn from him. Let him teach us. The Bible says that you will find rest for your souls. Now, what I want to share with you today is going to sound really simple, but by the way, isn't that the way the gospel ought to be and the good news ought to be, right? We don't have to make it complicated. Here's the first thing I want to share with you today of three points from these verses And it comes from verse 28. One of the keys to finding rest for your soul. It says, then Jesus said, come to me. So the first key to finding rest for your soul is simply this. Come to Jesus. Amen. That's it. Turn to Jesus. Three simple words. See, in the Bible, people came to Jesus for a lot of different reasons. Some people came because they had a problem. Some people came because they had a question. Some people came because they had an illness. Some people came because a loved one had died. Some came just out of curiosity. Others came, really, they didn't want help at all. They just wanted to trap Jesus or maybe catch him doing something that they thought was counter to the law. They wanted to trip him up. But you know what's interesting to note? Jesus never criticized anybody for the reason that they came to him. He didn't care why they came as long as they came to him. And when you and I are faced with life's pressures and and you need to get your head above water, 
so that you don't drown, you can come to Jesus for rest. And you see, I think as believers, we don't really think about doing this intentionally because we feel like we have already come to him, right? We came to him for salvation or maybe we came to him for forgiveness or for healing or to find wisdom or maybe for direction at a season in our life. And we kind of live our lives as if it was a one and done kind of decision. But Jesus says, I want you to come to me also for rest. And I think we would all admit it, but it's sad that some of the tiredest, most stressed out people I know are Christians. Can anybody say amen? Can I, and I, I'm just going to tell you, that's not the will of God, right? That's not the will of God. Jesus said, come to me for rest, for stress reduction, for management of your pressure. He says, I want to give you rest. What kind of rest? Rest for your soul. Now, this is where we have to start unpacking this. This is much deeper than just physical rest. Come on, it's soul rest, it's spiritual rest, it's emotional rest, it's, it's mental rest. Most of our stress does not come from overworked muscles, amen? Now, there's a couple guys walking around here that did F45 before church. God bless you, brothers, amen. My hat's off to you, I'm not that disciplined. But most of our stress is not from overworked muscles. Most stress is from an overworked mind. Overworked emotions, overworked anxiety. We need rest for our souls. Physical rest is not enough. You need spiritual recharging. You need emotional recharging. Come on, you need mental recharging. Did anybody happen to see the, uh, the picture that made it in circulation in the news uh, this last week of some West Virginia coal miners helping a, a man push his electric car that had run out of power down the road? Did <laughs> Anybody see that picture? Matter There it is. It's up on the screen. True story. I mean, the irony of this photo is priceless. I mean, come on. This isn't political, but that's hilarious when you consider the current culture wars that we're having about electric vehicles versus the fossil fuel industry, right? Five coal miners pushing a dead electric car. But you know what? The picture kind of also sums up how a lot of us are living our lives. We're running on empty. Come on, we're getting in places or situations where there is no way to recharge. And I, I saw a post I, I'm, on Facebook. I'm a part of a Matthew County uh, talk group. And if you know anything about Matthews County, Matthews County is very rural. It's very urban. Uh, and somebody posted on there, where is an EV charging station in Matthews? One of the people commented on there said, you haven't been in Matthews very long, have you? <laughs> but you know, a lot of us, we're living our lives like that picture where we're going places, where we're getting in situations where there's no way to recharge. We're, we're ignoring the warning signs. Of stress and pressure. Now, I don't have an electric vehicle. I don't know what the warning sign is. But I'm sure there's some indicator on the dash that says, you better pull over because you've driven 10 miles and your car's about to die. Amen. No, it's probably not that bad. <laughs> Amen. Let's all laugh because one day we're probably going to be stuck driving those things. Amen. Amen. But we ignore the warning signs. But you know what I want to do? I want to be one of those coal miners today. And I want to give you a push in the right direction. 
Because I don't want you to stay stranded on the side of the road. Come to Jesus. Come on, I'm not just talking to unbelievers. I'm talking to believers as well, amen? you got to stop ignoring the charging stations that are all around you. A good altar call. Anybody remember those? Amen. Or time of prayer. After Maybe even after a sermon. How about a small group that will help you connect and build community with other believers? we got to stop passing by the people who want to help or thinking that you don't need help. How about this? How about the ultimate power source in your life? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Come on, somebody. Do you feel powerless? Do you feel overwhelmed? Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Amen. Come on, we got a lot of believers that are going around. You haven't tapped in yet to the greatest source of power you can ever have. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And let me promise you, if you're running on empty, you need the power. You need relief. From anxiety and from guilt and from fear and from bitterness and all these different things. And hear me, nothing gives you that relief like Jesus. Jesus says when you're stressed out, when you're tired, when you're spent, the first thing you should do, come to him. Well, I already came to him back when I I made a decision for Christ. Come to him. Amen. I already came to him when I got baptized, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, come to him. Amen. But who do we normally turn to first when we run out of emotional fuel? See, we need rest for our soul. Hey, thank you. You're in my notes. (laughs) You know, for most folks, even believers, Jesus is not the default. Most of us will turn to maybe TV or we get on social media or maybe we call or text a few friends so that we can gripe or maybe moan and groan a little bit. A lot of times we're not even seeking answers. We just want to vent. Or we just maybe want to solicit some, some sympathy. Some people, they turn to their spouse or to their co-workers. Some people immediately just lash out in anger or frustration. And, and, and usually that's to the people that they're closest to. Some people, when they need rest, they turn to hobbies or exercise or the garden or yard work or the garage or, or gym or maybe to their se- the gym or maybe to their second job. Other people turn to medications. Anti-anxiety pills, antidepressants, pain medication. Some people turn to alcohol. Some people turn to food. You know, we joke about comfort food in this country. But you know, folks, we got to admit, we got a real problem with self-medicating with unhealthy things. Amen? We do. None of these things that I mentioned are going to take care of soul rest. Come on. They can't relieve your emotional and spiritual stress for the long haul. Come on, all of the things I mentioned can put a Band-Aid on it, right? All of it can put a Band-Aid on it. And they might work on your body for a little while. They might numb your senses long enough. But they don't work on your heart and on your mind. Only God can rest your soul. You know what the scripture said in Isaiah 40 verse 29? He gives power to the weak. And strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But what? Those who trust in the Lord will renew their, will find their strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Who? Those who trust in the Lord. 
those who wait on the Lord, those who trust in the Lord. From the NIV, it says those who hope in the Lord. Amen. Renewed strength. Folks, that's rest. That's strength that, that maybe you ran out of and you can gain back from God. It's like charging up your phone when it's dead and getting that fresh 100. Anybody else really kind of feel good when you get that fresh 100 on your phone? I, I know it's lame, but man, it just feels, and I got a phone. My phone's usually dead by 1 o'clock every day, amen? <laughs> I've had that thing for years. But you know what God is saying? Don't just, don't just do an emotional dump on social media. Come on. Don't just binge food and abuse your, your temple. Come on. Don't, don't lean into, and I'm talking to Christians and non-Christians. Don't just lean into alcohol or pornography or drug abuse. And defile yourself and your witness. Plug into me. Plug into me. Come unto me. Amen. See, what we really need when we're overstressed and you're overloaded, it's not super complicated. We need more time with God sitting at his feet. Come on. Quiet time with God alone. How do we do that? You got to settle down. Right? We got to quiet down. Some of you might have to get out of the house if you have to. Take a walk. Take a drive. Turn on some worship music. If you're at the church, get to the altar after the sermon. And kneel down and pray until you feel peace and rest begin to flood your soul again. Sometimes you just have to be quiet and you have to cut out all the noise in order to sense the reassuring presence of God. Sometimes we just have to be quiet and, and, and the focus will begin to shift from you and your pressure and you'll begin to sense His grace. I'm going to prove it to you right now. Are you ready? This isn't just a hokey exercise. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to think about the peace of God enveloping your situation. Think about your situation. And I want you to visually picture God putting his arms around it. Just for the next 15 seconds. Go. Amen. It's kind of like taking a breath, isn't it? Just seeing, you know what, God, you've got this. I could come to you and find rest. Didn't mean, didn't mean you're going to get an immediate solution. Didn't mean anything's going to work out just smooth and silky all of a sudden. But, God, I can find rest. Amen. All of a sudden, you're thinking less about your problem. You're thinking more about his power. You're not thinking about your circumstances. You're thinking about the fact that he's in control. And you know what? The stress just starts to drain out of your life. See, why is it that we as believers, we struggle so much with this? I think it's because it's hard to wait on the Lord because we are in such a hurry in every other area of life. We are. Folks, we are always in a hurry. We got to slow down and breathe. Man, we fuss in the fast food drive through lanes if it takes more than five minutes. Chick-fil-A has ruined all of us when it comes to drive throughs right? I'm like, oh, I don't really want Chick-fil-A today, but I also don't want to wait for 15 minutes. <laughs> Wherever, amen, right? I mean, it's ruined us. We, we got to slow down and breathe. We want our doctors to take plenty of time with us 
and answer all our questions. But shame on him if I got to wait 30 extra minutes in the lobby because guess what? He's taking time with somebody else. They're doing the same thing. We're in such a hurry. I'll never forget when our oven finally died at our house and we bought these new ovens. And man, I love these. We got these nice stainless steel double ovens in the house. And I'll never forget the first time we went to preheat it and it was slower than our old oven. Hashtag first world problems, right? Like, I can't believe it's taking so long to heat the oven. I want to cook this frozen pizza. And it used to get there in three minutes, and now it's taking five. The outrage. <laughs> We're in such a hurry when the internet or the cable begins to buffer the spinning wheel of death. <laughs> then we lose our minds. If, if your phone is moving slow, we want to throw it out the window. You know what we all need? We need a week, one solid week of the old AOL dial-up. And when you turn on your computer, it goes, you've got mail. <laughs> I need to download that icon. I want, I want to hear that again when I open up my Google Mail. You've got mail. Man, we need a week of that. That would cure all of us, right? You're waiting like... Uh, I'm going to go fix a sandwich. I'm waiting for AOL to pull up. Amen. <laughs> Remember those days? Man, we're in such a hurry. Folks, we can't wait for the peace of the Lord because we can't wait for anything. Amen. The reason why so many of us are stressed out is so simple. You're not spending. And this isn't an indictment. I'm pointing. Well, every time you see one finger pointed to you, there's four pointing right back at me. Just remember that. Amen. It's because we're not spending enough alone time with God. And he teaches us how to wait. See, we don't do what the simple command is, come unto me. And we wonder why we feel like he's nowhere to be found. We go to everything else, everyone else except God. And by the way, I'm still talking to the Christians. Amen. We just want to escape when we all feel stressed. But here's the problem with escaping. Wherever you go, you're still there. You know, you know who the problem is, right? Wherever you go, you're still there. We've got to wait on the Lord. See, a lack of peace doesn't disappear with the third bowl of ice cream. It doesn't go away with a drink or by smoking weed, amen? Nothing really changes until you go to Him. The answer is not a drug. It's not self-medicating. It's not a self-help plan, not a program. It's a person. His name is Jesus, amen? Hallelujah. So first of all, if you're not a Christian, come to Jesus. Invite him into your life. Allow him to become the Lord of your life. Allow him to begin to take control. Are things going to get better overnight? No. But they're going to start getting better. Amen. But Christians, come to him again. Find him again. Less everything else and more of him. Just come to Jesus. I, I, I told you it was simple. I don't want to insult your intelligence, but just come to Jesus. So the first step is to find rest by coming to Jesus. Here's the second step. It's found in verse 29. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So he says, take up my yoke. Or in other words, you need to give up control. Second thing you got to do 
is you got to give up control if you want to find rest. Now, this one's a little bit harder. The reason we get overloaders, we're trying to control so many things in our life. We act like everything depends on us. I've got to hold it all together. If it's to be, it's up to me. I'm the general manager of my universe. Now, I'm going to tell you something shocking, but I hope it's also liberating. Guess what? You can get let, let go of some things, and the world is not going to fall apart. I hate to bust your bubble, but you're not in control of everything. And if you give up control, guess what? You're going to realize you actually had a lot less control than you thought you did anyway. <laughs> Amen. Let that sink in for a minute. See, the fact is, the greater your need to control things, the more stressed out you're always going to be. Come on, can I tell you from a, uh, from a recovering control freak? Come on, amen. My name is Buddy Thompson. I'm a recovering, recovering control freak, amen. Guess what? The higher your need to control things, the greater level of stress in your life. Amen. I wish I'd known this years ago when I was younger. But he is in control of my life, this church, my family, this country. Come on, Trump's not in control, Biden's not in control, the Dems and the, they're not, God is in control of this country, amen? So the real question is, who is in charge of your life? Proverbs 20 verse 24 says, I love this, the Lord directs our steps, but don't miss this part, so why do we try to understand everything along the way? See, the second part's where the control freaks trip up, right? The Lord directs our path. Woo! But I really need to understand what's happening right now. Uh, you know, God, I'm glad you're in control, but how about downloading the instruction manual? How about let me know what's next? Amen. See, this is not the favorite verse of control freaks. Because if you want to lower the stress in your life, you've got to let go of control. Just like the great theologian Carrie Underwood said, Jesus, take the wheel. Amen. <laughs> Amen. See, you don't have to make all the mistakes by yourself. Let other people make some of them. You don't have to make all the wins by yourself. Let other people spike the ball sometimes. Amen. Give up control. That's why Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you. Now, most of us are not farmers, so let me explain what a yolk is. By the way, a lot of you think it's the yellow part of the egg that has all the cholesterol in it. Amen. That is a yolk, but that's not the yolk that Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about, uh, use a picture of a, of a, I should have put a picture of a yolk up on the screen. Rodney, maybe you can find me one for the 11 o'clock service. Y'all got to come back if you want to see the picture of the yolk. <laughs> Amen. But he's using a picture of a cattle yolk. And it's a wooden frame that joins two farm animals together. And either you put, you know, two horses together or two cattle or two oxen or whatever. You put them under a yoke together. Now, if that's all you know, you might think, well, man, that doesn't sound like stress relief to me. That sounds like you're adding more weight on me. That sounds like I'm getting a burden added to me, more pressure, more responsibility. Why in the world do you want me to take Jesus' yoke on me as well? I'm already carrying too much. See, don't miss this. The purpose of a yoke is actually to make the load lighter. The yoke was for the benefit of the farm animal. You use a harness for one animal. 
Amen? One cow or one horse pulling the wagon. When I was a little boy, my dad, we had a tiller, but we also had a horse. And my dad had one of, one of those old, I don't know what the name is, but it was one of those plows with a single blade that divided like this. And I'll never forget watching my dad hook up the horse to that plow blade and going out and plowing the, the field next to us with that single blade and giving me a chance to, to get behind that. And I realized then that horse is doing all the work all by himself. Amen. That's a harness. But when you yoke two animals together, you cut the load in half. Amen? So actually, a yoke has a lightning effect because you're sharing the load. That's the yoke that Jesus speaks of in Matthew 11. And it requires a submission on our part. We have to be in a posture of surrender. We have to yield ourselves to the Lord. That's why Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when you're willing to take on the yoke of the Lord and give up control, it kind of means two things. First of all, a yoke is a symbol of partnership. Come on. You weren't made to carry all the load by yourself. Jesus says, I'll take part of it. And by the way, hear me. Jesus doesn't add to your load. He just shares your load. See, Jesus doesn't have any load he needs you to carry. What Jesus says, take my yoke, he's not asking you to help him be in charge of the universe. He's got that down all by himself, right? So he's not asking you to help carry. He's saying, I'm going to help you carry your load. He's not putting anything else on you. He's taking stuff off of you. It is the best one-sided partnership you will ever join in. Amen. But see, too many of us are back in the harness. When Jesus says, take my yoke, why carry the load alone when Jesus offers to carry it with you? I'm talking about finding rest today. Psalm 55 and verse 22 says this, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. Look, he will not permit the godly to slip and fall. You know why? You're attached to his yoke and he ain't going anywhere. Amen. He won't let you fall. He'll take care of you. He'll not let you slip. But you have to give your burdens to the Lord. When he says take his yoke, he's saying, I need you to release control. I'm going to share your load. He's saying, join up with me. Get connected with me. Get yoked with me. Amen. Because my yoke is easy. Now, I'm just going to ask you, is your current yoke or harness easy? Probably not. Not if you're doing it by yourself. If you're feeling overly stressed out at this very moment, you've got to ask yourself, who or what am I yoked with? Come on. Can I just say right now, I'm going to say this to the Christians. If you're feeling stressed to the point of breaking, you are not fully yoked to Christ. Because he said, my yoke is easy. And time, uh, anytime you get under extreme stress and you stay there, right? Say stay there. Because we all feel extreme stress. But if you stay there, it means you are not giving up control of something. And you're yoked to the wrong thing. Every time you get detached from God or disconnected from God or get unyoked from God, you're going to lose your rest. So number one, a yoke is a symbol of partnership. But secondly, a yoke is also a symbol of surrender or submission. A yoke is used to guide, to control, to direct. The load is lighter, but in return for a lighter load, you also have to give up control. Galatians 5. 25, since we are living by the Spirit, 
let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen? Since we're living by the Spirit, we got to let the Spirit lead us in every part of our lives. Living by the Spirit, that's the partnership of the yoke. Amen? Following the Spirit, the submission and the surrender of the plan to God. you you got to keep in step with the Spirit when you're yoked together. When I'm yoked with Christ, we try to move together in the same direction and at the same pace. I've also learned this, when you're yoked with Christ and you're yielded, you can't go faster than Him. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, keep up, please. You're holding me back. Amen. you got to let Him set the direction, let Him set the pace. Let me help somebody right now today. If you are yoked with Christ and you still can't keep up and you stay overwhelmed and you can never catch up or feel rest, please hear me. Something you are doing or something you are yoked with is not the will of God. Please let, let that sit in. I'm not here to indict you. But if you've got a prolonged situation of distress and you're not seeing any answers, if you're staying overwhelmed, if you can never get you've got to stop and say, okay, what is out of sync right now? In my yoking with the Lord. See, it's really that simple because hear me. God does not give you less time and less energy and less emotional health than he gives you things to fill up your life with. Come to Christ. Give up control. Take his yoke on you. Surrender. A yoke is what keeps us from going in the wrong direction. It keeps us from burning out. It helps us to find rest for our souls. And if you're yoked with him, please note that Jesus was never in a hurry. Read your Bible. Please show me after church if you can find a place. I don't know one example in the Bible that I know of where Jesus was running to a problem. Come on. One time, one of his friends, Lazarus, was dying. You know the story. He was dying. Jesus was one day away in Bethany, but guess what? It took him three days to get there. You know why? And, and what happened? Lazarus died. If you don't know the story, his buddy Lazarus died. Guess what? Because Jesus' plan was to do something greater than just heal his sick friend. His plan was to raise him from the dead. And some of us, we want to settle for God fixing something when he wants to resurrect something in your life instead. Come on. Hallelujah. Here's the point. Anytime there's a delay in your life and God's timing is not your timing, and anytime you're waiting on God, God's up to something. Oh, woo! He's up to something. Hi, that encourages me today. Come on, God is up to something. No thanks, I don't want to go heal that man. I'm going to take my time getting there. I'm in no hurry. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let him die first. So I can raise him from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. Some things need to die so you could come back to life. See, we're all going to be yoked to something. What will it be in your life? Is it your career? Is it your education? Is it your addictions? Is it your girlfriend or your boyfriend? You're going to be yoked to something. You're going to serve somebody. My suggestion is let's choose the easiest yoke. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That word easy in the Greek means completely, perfectly fitted. Hallelujah. I love that. 
It literally means that his yoke is custom made for you. When God puts a yoke on you, it fits. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever bought a tailor-made shirt or a tailor-made suit. I have in the past. And you know what is amazing about a tailor-made whatever, tailor-made dress? Uh, it fits you perfectly in that moment. <laughs> it ain't going to fit you perfectly five years later. I can pretty much assure you of that. Amen. Hallelujah. I got some great tailor-made suits that I passed on a long time ago. But you know what? It's tailor-made. It's perfect. Man, they measure your sleeves. They measure your shoulders. They measure your chest. They measure everything. I mean, and it's perfect. And it comes back and you put it on. It's like, oh, somebody take my picture because I'm never going to look this good again. Amen. But his yoke is tailor-made for you. It's perfectly fitted, completely perfectly fitted. I take off my heavy harness and I put on Jesus' light, easy, perfectly fitting yoke. I'm almost done. Praise team, come on up. Number one, you come to Jesus. Number two, you give up control. And my last point is this, you got to learn to trust. Learn to trust. Here it is, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and what? Everybody say it with me out loud. Learn from me. Learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Learn from me. You see, Jesus modeled how to live a life of purpose and a life of peace rather than pressure and anxiety all the time. And you know what he said? Learn from me. I love it in the New Living Translation. It literally says this. Let me teach you. Jesus says, just get under my yoke and let me teach you. Matter of fact, you can follow Jesus' model if you want some teaching. Watch how he lived and do it his way. If you want balance and help and sanity in your life, you can learn from Jesus. Learning is a process. It takes time. Hear me, you didn't develop your stressed out, overloaded, about to pull your hair out lifestyle in one day. (laughs) Took a whole lot of years to get here. (laughs) Praise God, I'm a hot mess. It took me a long time to get this way too, amen. And guess what? You're not going to just snap out of it overnight. you got to learn from him. Learn from him. You're going to have to unlearn a bunch of habits that you've developed when you put on his yoke. You're going to have to relearn to live life in the way that Christ did. So what can I learn from Jesus? He says, learn from me for I am gentle and humble. That's what what it says. How in the world is that going to help me manage my stress? Hey, let me me teach you how to be gentle and humble. Why didn't he say, let me teach you confidence and endurance? Why didn't he say, I'm going to teach you courage and strength? Why didn't he say, I'm going to teach you time management and goal setting? Why didn't he say, I'm going to teach you energy and efficiency and effectiveness? Nope. He said, learn to be gentle, learn to be humble. You want to know why? Because two of the greatest sources of stress in our life are the opposites of gentle and humble. It's aggression and pride. Amen? First, we've got aggression. We don't wait. We don't pause. We don't consider. We don't delay. We don't pray. We just jump right in. And then we get overcommitted because of our own aggression. Then we get arrogant or we get prideful. We want to control everything. Your ego and my ego are responsible for a lot more stress than we like to admit. 
Oh, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. Your ego made you do it. Come on. Your controlling spirit made you do it. Your attitude made you do it. Your aggression, your drive, your ambition, whatever it is. See, a lot of stress comes from pride and ego. From thinking that we can do more than we can do. From thinking we can control more than we can control. We got to remember and remind ourselves. I saw this in a movie many years ago. I don't even remember what it was. And it was a line that just jumped out at me. One of the characters said, there is a God and I'm not him. It's really that simple. I'm not him. What was Jesus' secret of peace? Read the book of John. Twelve times in that book he says this. I only do what my father tells me to do. I only say what my father tells me to say. I only act what my father tells me to act. I only respond when my father tells me to respond. Simple obedience. He was gentle with people. He was humble. He didn't worry about the rest of the folks. He didn't worry about trying to please anybody. You can learn from him over time. Everybody say over time. Why am I no longer control freak that I was at age 25 and 30? Because I had to learn a lot of hard lessons from 25 to now I'm 56. Just turned 56 this past week. 30 years. Man, I wish I could have just, why didn't I just get it right when I was 25? Because I had to learn. And Jesus had to knock the rough edges off. And life had to knock the rough edges off. Come on. And people in my life had to knock the, rock, the rough edges off. But you got to learn from him. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Come to Jesus. Give up control. Learn to trust. Come to Jesus. Give up control. Learn to trust. Come to Jesus and get time alone with God. Give up control and take on his yoke and walk in the spirit. Learn to trust. He's God, I'm not, and I trust you. So I'm going to open this altar call here today. And I want to ask you to come from where you are. And I want you to do the very first thing I talked about. I want you to take a moment and begin to find some peace with the Lord today. I want you to come down to this front and say, you know what, Lord? I'm coming to you and I'm bringing this burden that I'm dealing with with me. And I'm just going to stand here and I'm going to pray. Not until I get my answer, but until I feel the peace of God. Until I feel the confidence and the assurance that when I walk out of here, God, I'm not walking out in a harness. I'm walking out in a yoke. Come on, somebody. Somebody, I need, yeah, that's a word for somebody. You need to come to this altar and lay down your harness and pick up his yoke. Come on, that's it. Father, I need your peace today. I just need your peace. And I want you to know that I trust you. Amen. Come on, that's it. Let's go. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I love you. That's it. That's it. The ashes of the resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive.
opportunity today, God, to just give pause and realize, Lord, that you're with me through all the stuff I've been dealing with. And God, I just need to lay this at your feet and trust you. Lord, I'm taking on your yoke because I know you won't lead me astray. I know you won't go too fast. I know you won't go too slow. And I know you're going to help me carry the burden. And God, I just come to you for rest. I'm not going to turn to any substitutes that will harm me or distract me. But God, I lean on you. I lean on the body of Christ. I lean on my Christian brothers and sisters. And God, I'm going to come to you. Every time I feel stressed or overwhelmed, God, I'm just going to pause. And I'm going to let you baptize my mind. I'm going to let you wash away the fear and the dread and the anxiety. And God, I just thank you today. 
I thank you for peace that passes understanding. And I give you all glory and praise and honor. And everybody said in Jesus' name, why don't we give him a praise together? Can we do that all over this house?